Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Oh boy, here we are again. Here, another again. week, another weekly edition of the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler, my name, the Cap, Joel Brzezinski, Breeze Man right over there. Thanks for being a part of our humble little program as we continue to gain greater understanding of God's unconditional love, his grace, his life, his spirit within us, and so much more. This is what we do week in and week out. Maybe you're somebody who's kind of been in that camp where you've been bound by all kinds of religious teaching. Maybe it wasn't all bad, but it kept you in a place of worry and fear and wondering just exactly where you stand with God, that's not a good place to be. And so we approach this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, recognizing that his work at the cross was a finished work. It was all up to him, and we are no longer under an old law that came through Moses anymore, but we're under something new the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How you doing, Joel? Hey, uh, doing well. And that's all excellent what you just said there. We're under grace. We're not under law because the work that Jesus did is finished. It was satisfactory to God. Everything that was necessary for us to be made righteous, holy, sanctified, justified, to have life, everything, all of it was accomplished through Jesus Christ. We can't add to it we can't take away from it. There's nothing that we can do to make it any more effective than it already is through us simply believing the truth of it. So it's something that we can rest in. We have peace with God, having been justified by faith. So you don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to rest from your works. It doesn't mean you'll never do anything. It just means that you are resting from your attempts at impressing God or trying to stay right with him. There's nothing that you can do. You can do nothing. You can do nothing for the rest of your life. And God is just as happy with you because he's pleased by faith, not by your works. And of course, there's much fruit that can flow from uh, resting in God. So we're not saying just don't ever do anything. But if you never do anything, it's cool because it's it's not a performance-based thing. Right. We're branches that abide in the vine. And just real quickly, you know, we kind of wrapped up sort of a series, I guess. Uh, the law is not a faith. And we were in Galatians 5 last week. And, and you know, sometimes legalists love to just pluck out verses here and there and quote them right and left. And you got to watch that. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, that passage in Galatians 5 talking about some of the works of the flesh and those who do those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, a lot of people will look at that and, and they'll misunderstand the context of what the Apostle Paul had been saying throughout the book of Galatians. And the point really is, if this is based upon your right and wrongdoing, then how much is too much and how much is, is not enough for you to miss out on inheriting the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. So this isn't based upon works, as Joel just mentioned, it's based upon faith, and they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So we now, as you were referring to, Joel, we we now abide in him, and we 
have the spirit in us and his fruit can flow through us as he produces it. We don't produce the fruit, but the spirit of God does. And, uh, and so, yeah, and anyway, that, that the point is, it's just amazing to me, Joel, how people who want to mix two different covenants together and turn it into the Christian religion will love to scare people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make them think that this is the, the responsibility of their maintaining a walk with God and, and ensuring that they have eternal life is, is, is based upon them and what they do or don't do. It isn't based on that at all. And so we, we, I can see why some people just don't want to go to church because you walk out of there with all kinds of inconsistencies and confusion when you mix an old covenant with the new one, right? Yeah, exactly. When there is a, so much confusion, so much, um, of a roller coaster ride, a treadmill that people are on when you hear on the one hand, you're saved by grace through faith, apart from works, through nothing that you do. And then five minutes later or next week on the sermon, uh, the preacher is saying, here's all the things that you have to do to maintain this thing. <laughs> it's it's a mixture of our works along with God's grace, and they just simply do not mix. We can't do it. You have the whole Bible in front of you, and, and so part of the Bible says this, and part of the Bible says that. Part of it says you do these works or else, and part of the Bible says it's not about your works and so we try to put those together, and it just clashes, to borrow from the title of your book, Clash of the Covenants. But there's a reason for both of them. It's all biblical. Everything <laughs> everything that is preached is, quote, biblical, but you can't mix them together. And so um, that kind of leads to what we're talking about. I don't know if you've, uh, you feel we've sufficiently wrapped up what we've been talking about. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on. I just wanted to make that point. I, I think we probably made it in recent weeks, but wanted to make sure that we did. You referred to Clash of the Covenants, Joel, the, the book that I wrote. I remember a number of months ago, I was driving by down a street and I saw somebody out in their driveway that I hadn't talked to for a long time. And uh, they kind of used to be a friend and um, they knew me from radio. So I, I'm going to stop here because I like this lady. And so I stopped real quick just because uh, I was on my way somewhere. And I just said hi. And it, it kind of something sprang up within me. I had a couple of copies of the book in the car. So I decided to give her one because, like I said, she's somebody I've cared about kind of in the neighborhood here. So um Gave her the book, and I just told her, I said, would you have time to read this? She said, yeah, it might take me a little while, but, you know, I'll I'll get through it. Yeah, thanks a lot. She was all excited about it. But I kind of gave her a little, I don't know, just a little nugget of preparation. I said, well, a lot of what is written in here is not the kind of thing that you are going to hear about in a lot of churches. And uh, her response was something to the effect of, oh, you mean like churches that don't talk about biblical stuff? And uh, some of the stuff they're teaching isn't biblical. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what I said after that, but I had to get moving. So I just said, well, just read the book and, and let me know what you think. And and I've heard that before, even, even within church teachings and sermons and so forth, where somebody would say, let me prove to you that this is biblical. They'll make a statement. And let me let me show you in the in the scripture that what I'm saying is biblical. Well, we throw these terms and, and things around these talking points. You know, is it biblical? Uh, that's biblical. That's not biblical. I'm going to show you it's biblical. And what does that really mean, Joel? Because 
<laughs> I've, I, I, you know, you've heard me say this before. I've, I've had people show up at my door that didn't promote the Christian message. They promoted something that was kind of like it, but it was really a, 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 a deceiving religion is what it was. But they'll still quote some of the same verses that I use from my Bible. And so it gets kind of confusing for people who don't know any better. And so some of what they're saying, I mean, I guess it's biblical, right? Because they're quoting the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. I I, I guess I think we take for granted where I'm trying to go with this. I think we take for granted when people say, is it biblical? That's biblical. That's not biblical. And, And we have this assumption that what we believe about this thing called the Bible is the true version of it. (laughs) Now, we may know that we don't have all the answers, but we think that we're right and they're wrong. At least sometimes that's how it's coming across. And it's okay to have different opinions and different points of view, but sometimes we want to shut down the people who have a different point of view and maybe assign a, a phrase to them that, oh, that, that's an unbiblical teaching compared to what I have. Right. Yeah. We'll have people saying, I'm a Bible believing Christian. I'm, I'm a Bible believer. And again, like you say, they'll share a verse here or a verse there, a paragraph here. And well, that's It's in the Bible. And well, yes, it's true. It's in there. It's in the Bible. It's biblical. But like something we've talked about a lot on this podcast is that um, is this idea of versology, taking one verse or a couple of verses outside of the context that they're in and um, looking at a tree rather than the whole forest. And you can certainly take a verse or two and make it mean whatever you want it to if you take it outside of the context. And so when people say they're a a Bible-believing Christian or this is biblical or that's not biblical, you really have to look outside of lone verses and take a look at the the Scripture as a whole and and how it fits. And something we do a lot on this podcast, too, talking about the difference between the two covenants, because you can find Old Testament verses— and you can try to fit them into Christianity. You can try to Christ- Christianize them, but you're you're missing the difference between the covenants. We'll obviously have to pick up on this next week. But just <laughs> here's an example. This this is biblical. What I'm about to say. This is biblical. If a bird's nest happens to be before you along the way, in any tree or on the ground, with young ones or eggs with the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs. You shall not take the mother with the young. You shall surely let the mother go and take the young for yourself, that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days. That is biblical. That's Deuteronomy 22.6. <laughs> now I'm taking an extreme example, of course, because there's not many people who are going to say that, uh, well, we're going to try to live by that. But Right, that's in Deuteronomy 22, but there are other things in Deuteronomy that Bible-believing Christians will say that we need to live by, other laws that people say that we need to live by. Well, who gets to choose which of these laws in Deuteronomy or wherever else that we're supposed to live by? So I think we'll have some, some fun with this and also be serious about it because it is a serious matter uh, trying to determine what is, quote, biblical, and how we 
either apply things or we understand that it doesn't apply to Christianity. We'll be talking about some of that next week. About a minute to wrap this one up, Cap, and then we'll pick up on this next week. Oh man, did this one go by fast? <laughs> I mean, I guess I, we kind of <laughs> we kind of started out with uh, talking about stuff. Uh, things we we'd been discussing over recent weeks, but yeah, it went by fast. So you will find uh, all kinds of things within different verses that may or may not by themselves be a truthful thing. <laughs> so, I mean, you can look in a verse and find out that Jesus had a demon, but it, that's not a true statement. The Pharisees said that. Mm -hmm. You can find out some things that David or other psalmists said that wouldn't be true today, at least not based upon a new and better covenant. Uh, the law does not give life. They thought that it would, but in order for that to be able to take place, they would have had to have done all of it and to have done all of it perfectly. There were no doers of the law. The law was unable to give life. That's revealed in New Covenant writings. You know, if there was a law that could give life, then righteousness would have been by the law. The Apostle Paul, Galatians. So we, we want to be careful of, of because just honing in on different Bible verses, anybody can quote them. But I, I kind of consider it almost like a disease. The Bible wasn't written in verses. Uh, call it the disease of versitis. Not to be confused <laughs> with versitis, but um, it's just one of those things we got to be careful about. And so we're going to talk some more about this. Is it biblical? Um, you know, that's a phrase that I think we probably ought to do away with. And we'll talk more about it next week here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.